Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Aaron. My name's Drew. We're here to nerd out with you for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Today, we're going to try something that we haven't tried before. We're going to do a little bit of overrated, underrated. So Drew and I have come up with a couple of things that happen in theme parks that we think deserve some attention, deserve some discussion, the overrated and the underrated experiences that you can have in a theme park. And I think this will give like give you guys like a pretty good insight as to like what we think we like. <laughs> there there very well may be something that I think is overrated and Aaron's like, "What? That thing's cool." So <laughs> you never know. But yeah. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited. And I I I anticipate that we'll get to define a little bit more what we think of as what is some, what what does something have to be to be underrated and what does something have to be to be overrated? Because it's not like something in a Disney park or a universal park can exist without being known. It's got to be known. People are aware of these things, but I think, I think that definitely some of these things deserve more recognition and others get way more recognition than they have, have earned. Yeah, and then there's like flat out things in some of the parks that shouldn't even be there, but <laughs> they're there I, for other reasons. The, the cringe factor, or yeah, the other the other reasons, the like it can't not be there for a technical reason or a cost reason or a, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm excited to hear. Uh, what should we start with? Do you think we should start with underrated or overrated? Let's start with some overrated. Yeah. Let's start with some overrated. Now, before we get started, though, I did want to tell you, I don't know if you had the same experience, but for me, there's a lot more on my underrated list than my overrated list. I don't know about you. I tried to do one and one. So if I came up with an underrated, I came up with an overrated. And if I came up with an overrated, I had to come up with an underrated. Okay. But um, yeah, let's start with overrated. And so... This can be anything that happens in any theme park. <clears throat> so the first thing that I think is overrated is at Disney California Adventure. And it's an attraction that recently, because of COVID-19 and the closures and the opening of Buena Vista Street, that everybody is all super excited to see. And to me, that's the red car trolley. Um, I don't understand some people's obsession with the red car trolley. I think it's, it's great and everything, but... Um, does it compare to the main street vehicles? I, I don't even think it's even close. I don't even like the seating position. Like the fact that you face inward instead of outward. Um, I'm not a fan. I've only ridden it a couple times. It's kind of like a one and done thing for me. I do like the aesthetic of a red car trolley going up and down Buena Vista street, but like, I don't think it was worthy an attraction to basically hang wires across the entire Buena Vista Street all the way down Hollywood Boulevard. So uh, for me, that's that's my first overrated. Trying to justify it in my mind, I think that maybe they turned it into a Main Street vehicle style thing because they wanted a sort of theater prop. You know, they wanted it for shows. They wanted it for the aesthetic and it just sort of happened to work out as a, as like the, a vehicle in the main drag. But if I'm being honest, I've never even really spent the time to be on any Main Street vehicles. Right? So, oh, really? Oh, Main yeah. Street vehicles. You've never been on any Main Street vehicles? I mean, I think I've been in the in the fire engine 
but that's probably it. I've Wait, never been on the the fire engine that's in the like the wagon, or are you talking about the one that actually drives around? The 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 driven one. I've oh, been okay. in the the okay. static one, like the like the one that would be like the horse drawn one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I, to me, like the main street vehicles are part of that morning experience, right? Like hearing the like the honk honk and like hearing the bell from the back of the fire truck. I think to me is like part of the Disney experience when you're there in the morning for like rope drop or something. So to me, it kind of completes that experience. But I, 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 the problem is not a lot of people can ride it, right? Like it only fits like two parties uncomfortably mm -hmm. uh, yeah. unless you're riding on the omnibus, which is like takes forever to load and goes incredibly slow. Like, you know, if you're using it as a mode of transportation, then obviously like that's not it. But I don't know about you, but that's like one of my dream jobs. I'm surprised that you've never ridden in one. I think they're so cool. And like, I could totally picture me as an old man, just like, you know, because obviously by then no one will know how to drive stick except for old that's farts true. like me, right? Yep, so. that's true. <laughs> and even if they know how, it'll be just a pain and no one will want to. Right, right. And kids will be like, why is that car so loud going down the street? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've just never been patient enough to try and board one of those vehicles and it's always been like I'm at the park, let me get to a line to a, an attraction that I'm really going to like want to do today. Gotcha. And I've just never had the patience to to board one of those things. So you're like if you're there that early to be able to actually see one, you you're on mm -hmm. a mission, you have no time yeah. to do this like interesting. And if it's a casual day, then I'm probably rolling in after four o'clock or something, and they're not no there. One rides the yeah no one, no one, no one rides after what like noon. I think they put them away at a yeah, yeah. like just around lunchtime probably. Yeah so. yeah so it, it's I've always got kind of like that A or B mode where it's like either I'm I'm there to have a full day and that's typically when I'm hosting people at a park. You know if I'm taking them around and showing them the ropes, uh, that's one side. Or if it's just a relaxing day you know, like a get there in the afternoon or get there for dinner or something. And yeah, then there's no opportunity. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, so, so for back to what we're the original overrated, the red car trolley, like, so yes. basically if, if you're not even willing to do like the main street thing and they've been a part of main street since you and I have been born basically. Yeah. Um, and you still haven't ridden one then the odds of you riding the red car trolley in California Adventure is like negative. <laughs> then, yeah, right? like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have not, I wouldn't even know where to board it. I just don't know, <laughs> like I understand having the authenticity of having like the, the, the fake power wires that are going across yeah. Buena Vista Street. But like to me, the fact that, so back in the day when they had the Pixar Play Parade, there was like one float that couldn't, they had like, I think it was the Toy Story float. They had acrobats that would do like flips and like, yeah. I guess they were more like gymnastics performers, but they couldn't even do anything. Trampolines on the on the floats and stuff. There was, yeah, like there was like a trampoline and then there was swinging one. bars and yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they did like the Olymp Summer Olympic style, like gymnastics stuff on it. And like, basically they couldn't do it for like, 30% of the parade route because of those wires. Yeah. And like, I would imagine being an Imagineer that's like, we want to make this incredible grand, you know, parade float. They can't do it because of the wires that, that by the way, don't even power the red car trolley. So to They're me, for looks. yeah, <laughs> it's overrated. Um, I think, I think you're right. If they were to turn it into like a parade float kind of thing where like you see characters 
with their heads out the windows, but you never actually get to ride it. I'm okay with that. And yeah. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> uh, well, let me just start by saying I'm not sorry if I offend anyone for any of the things that I'm saying because I do believe these things. This okay. Is, yeah. This is heartfelt beliefs. Um, but Drew, I definitely agree that the red car trolley is overrated. So right now we're one and one. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. All right. My first overrated is the classic, or I would say stale, Jungle Cruise jokes. Ah. Overrated. They can be there, fine, but they don't deserve the laughs that they get because the laughs that they get are are ill-begotten. No, I'm just kidding. They, they aren't <laughs> laughing at the right thing, and so I don't think that the jokes get the energy that they deserve. What I do love is when um, a cast member on Jungle Cruise, when one of those skippers is telling like original jokes, like new stuff, newly written material, obviously it has to be like run by, um, you know, the chain of command up the skipper ladder. But um, right. yeah, I love hearing new material there. And I think that there's this sort of like undeserved love for old classic jokes that you've heard a hundred times on the Jungle Cruise. And that's holding it back. And I'm super excited that they're really updating the experience in Jungle Cruise. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, do you think that those elements and the props and the scenes that they're going to add are going to, like, help kind of lessen the, the joke, the jokeriness of Jungle Cruise? Or do you think it'll maybe it'll give them something to joke about rather than just saying lame jokes? I think that it'll improve the quality of their jokes, and I think that it'll it'll improve people caring about the quality of the humor. And right. so I think that it's only going to do great things. If nothing else, if at a bare minimum, it's going to give new material to talk about, which that's really all I'm looking for. But it's also going to bring more attention to the attraction, and more attention means more people's eyes and ears inside of that, that vessel. So the jokes are going to get good. They're going to get better. They're going to get... Uh, more broad appeal. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. What What's interesting too is um, they're they're sinking a boat, and mm -hmm. then the story is that there's going to be um, actual skippers that yeah. are in the scene, right? So not not only does it like give them something else to talk about, but it also makes them a certain character. So like I've I've always thought that like. I think I agree with you with the jokes. Like when you have a skipper that is like really putting it on, um, you kind of have to like own it. And the easiest way to make your viewers believe that is to really make yourself a character. And like, that's right. And, right. And like, know that like, Oh, we're going to go on jungle cruise. The skippers are like total, like they're so wacky. Like you'll <laughs> love it. Right. So like giving them like the, the permission to be kind of wacky by adding them into the story. I, I agree with that. That's actually a pretty, that's, that's a pretty good call out actually. <laughs> I am optimistic for the future. This is not me saying the jungle cruise sucks. Cause I do love the jungle. Cruise. Right. I love jungle it's, cruise too, but those jokes are going to get better. And I don't think that anyone has to shed a tear over it. I think that those old jokes are stale. They're outdated. They deserve to just be old jokes. Well, and it also brings up the question as to like, you know, because the skippers are, from what I understand, they're not, um, they're not performers. They're, they're technically ride operators that, 
Like, that's pretty rare these days. Like, the only other attraction I can think of would be, like, storybook boats in Fantasyland and the safaris at Animal Kingdom, where, like, there's an actual person operating a vehicle while doing a spiel. Like, not even the tram driver does that. Like, he has another guy who does that. And on the red car trolley, it's the same thing. Like, that person that's driving doesn't actually do any of the talking. So, it's really, like... I wonder if it, there would be a benefit in having like performers or like actors that can memorize multiple scripts uh, for Jungle Cruise who could like really switch it up for you. So kind of like obviously it wouldn't be like um, like a different story every time, but maybe something along the lines of like Star Tours, right? Where there's like there's multiple because I feel like you're right. We do hear the same jokes. If I can do an overrated within an overrated, uh, the backside of water joke, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't gotta... get it. Like I don't get it <laughs> at all. So people love it though. At least something should happen, right? Something yeah, should happen yeah. on the backside of water. Give us, give us a reason. Like splash us with it or something. I don't know anything, but just saying yeah. like the backside of water. Drum roll, please. Like it, it falls flat for me personally, but interesting okay that was a good one dang so we've done one overrated each let's talk about some underrated aspects what was your first underrated item that you came up with okay so my first underrated is actually not a ride it's a show (laughs) and for me that show is turtle talk with crush Mm. turtle talk have you seen turtle talk with crush i have indeed I think anyone who has sat through Turtle Talk with Crush, they've never left unhappy. Like, it is such a great show, and I think it's really easy to just kind of pass it by because it's inside the animation building. Like, it's it's a show within a building that a lot of people aren't going to necessarily go in, right? So, like, um, Turtle Talk with Crush in Epcot is at the seas with Nemo and Friends, right? Yep. Yeah. So, it's like it's like pretty hidden. It right? is. Yeah, and, and it's hidden in the animation building as well. I would say probably the easiest way to experience Turtle Talk with Crush, and I got to experience this, is on a Disney cruise ship. Because yes. you are sitting at dinner and Crush just comes by your table. You know, all the walls are screens and he just comes by. Right. That's awesome. Like, And it's just so, that feels organic. It doesn't feel like a show. It feels like, oh, there's just this animated turtle that has swam over here and and now he knows my name yeah so for those of you who've never seen turtle talk first of all please go see turtle talk it's a phenomenal show it is totally underrated and i'll give you kind of a lowdown on what it is like um, crush the sea turtle is like behind an aquarium glass and he comes down and he actually acknowledges people in the audience and like you can ask him questions. He'll, he'll um, ask you questions. He like plays games. It's really, really amazing. I think it's, it's severely underrated. Like when you think about it, Aaron, like even if you pay, like it blows my mind that people pay extra money to do character dining. Sorry. Oh, that I should actually um, say that's also one of my overrated. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Save that one. I guess I'm doing both, but People pay money to go see characters while they're dining who cannot talk to them. And if they can talk, like if it's like Mary Poppins or someone who yeah. like who can talk, 
Um, it's like such a short, meaningless conversation. And I mean that in like the most like sensitive way. <laughs> like I, I know that obviously they have a lot of other people to visit and say hi to, but the conversations that you have with them are pretty like, I wouldn't be surprised if you were listening in when they visit the table next to you and they have the same exact conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus yeah. Turtle Talk with Crush. Like, I mean, Crush is talking directly to you. There's not very many characters mm -hmm. in the parks that you can talk to directly and they answer back. Like, and ask, you know, they, they get to know you. I think that's that's amazing. It's it's either that or it's the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor. Yeah. That's the other similar one to it. But, uh, I mean, I'll just speak from my personal experience with Turtle Talk. Uh, I went with my niece and two nephews and one of my nephews was picked to ask questions okay and yeah. it blew his mind that like right crush says hey joey good to meet you of course in the voice but he says like hey joey good to meet you bro like and asks a follow-up question asks where he's from and like and then there's also like organic chemistry that's built and jokes it's like a fun thing for everyone to watch, whether or not you're the person that gets picked. Right. Now, if Mary Poppins compliments, you know, some girl on her dress, but not you on your dress, like you're bummed out. If Crush makes a joke about how, you know, somebody talks about where their hometown is, everyone enjoys that. And it's just like mutually enjoyable for everyone. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's one of those attractions where like parents are dragged in by their kids and they sit down on the chairs, the kids sit down on the floor and they're like, okay, how long is this show going to be? Mm -hmm. And then the parents end up having more fun than the kids. Yeah. Like, the parents are like, go talk to Crush to go talk to Crush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my, uh, that's my first underrated attraction. And like I said, go see Turtle Talk with Crush. Um, it's such a great show. Totally yeah. underrated. And I think I'll, I'll just add to this and, and or just maybe punctuate it and say Turtle Talk with Crush in California is inside of DCA, inside of the animation building. Right. It's in Epcot in Florida. And if you're on a Disney cruise ship, if you've um, you know, waited however many months or years it is until those open back up. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And you're on the third day of dining and you're in that that um, that dining room. Yeah, it's, it's going to be there. So you don't have to look too hard for it. Crush, Crush is a pretty cool dude. It's really, really cool. It's yeah. it's worth your time. Definitely worth your time. Uh, no matter your age. Totally. All right. My underrated was not an attraction. Uh, well, it involves attractions, but it's a more broad category. And it is the ride song. Whether this is Small World, whether this is Tiki Room, or the one that I was thinking of is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Having an in song uh in universe if you will the in ride experience song i mean we've got haunted mansion we've got pirates of the caribbean but all of these rides with the exception of mickey and minnie's those are all very old and it is kind of like an antiquated idea and i just think that it's an underrated aspect to integrate into a ride yeah it really like ties in the whole experience between having um, a visual experience, like a thrill experience, and then sort of a more emotional experience through song. And then you can take that with you. You know, it's really easy to take 
the lyrics and melody of a fun little song and kind of like hum that tune to yourself and remind yourself about other things that happened in that ride. Totally. Like, a, like I think one of my favorite rides, that, and like, I'm being completely honest when I say this, like Winnie the Pooh, as much as like that's like a last ditch effort, kind of like squeeze it in before at 1159 kind of ride, like I'm always singing like, Winnie the Pooh afterwards you know I'm always humming it to myself and it's like you're right like I think those are totally underrated and they they like they make those experiences memorable yeah and and it's it's not anything all that challenging to integrate it into a fun like you know little fantastical ride experience but um, I think it's often overlooked and I think we've already talked in like three out of our last four episodes about onboard audio in rides and yeah there you go. Yeah. There's that experience yet again, yet again. It's part of that immersion, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's part of, it's the soundtrack to what you're seeing. So you're getting all the senses. So you're not talking about like, um, like the old stuff, like great, big, beautiful tomorrow for, um, carousel of progress. You're talking like the newer stuff. Yeah. I mean, carousel of progress. I would consider that a, a like kind of like on the border yeah. because it's sort of bumper music between the experiences and I'm talking like integrating it into the experience as like a key element. So Haunted Mansion, you know, you come out of the attic and you hear grim grinning ghosts. Like right. there it is, there's the song and that song defines that ride. Now Carousel of Progress I think also is defined by that song in a like undeniable way. Yeah. But what would the tiki room be without the song? What would the tiki room be without music? Right. Like that that whole experience, that whole show is like centered around that that uh, that familiar tune. Well, we should also let the viewers know that like both you and I are incredibly musical in the sense that we both play instruments. Even Aaron, show him your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron... Um, plays the drums and piano and some other things and i play uh drums a little bit of guitar and some ukulele as well so like we're incredibly musical people and like music resonates with us we we find a deeper meaning than just noise within music so that could be it too but um, yeah i definitely think so yeah god that's a good one yeah that's great all right so that that was our underrated our first round of underrated aspects Let's go back to the negatives. Let's talk about some overrated. <laughs> well, I might as well just talk about the one I already mentioned, which is Disney yep, character dining. Mm-hmm. Disney character dining to me is just so overrated. Have you ever done it, by the way? Yes. Like, I don't uh, know about and- you, but like, I'm, I think I'm so like analytical and like, so like behind the scenes focused, right? That I like, it's pretty hard for me to see the character without the person behind it. Um, yeah, I don't know about you. So like for me to do like a breakfast brunch and then get upcharged an extra 40 bucks just because characters are there is just not mm-hmm. something I'm interested in doing. Like it maybe it's because I don't have like kids. Um, but I think that's one of those things that's definitely overrated, especially for the price. It is just so expensive. Like you're already paying to go into the park where you can already go meet characters the only difference yep. is that they come to you. So is it worth the extra 30 to $40 per person in your party? I don't think so. I think it's totally overrated as much as I love the characters and like I love their, I love watching their interactions with kids. To me, that's just mm-hmm. something I'm not interested in doing. And I, I think it's yeah too expensive. 
having it as a part, I mean, just the value part of it aside, just the value part of it aside, I think that it does feel like a, it feels like an interruption because Disney dining experiences like are really good. They are really incredible. And I don't think that it's worth um, having that kind of like a, I don't know, distraction, interruption, whatever it may be. Um, it's, I don't know. It just feels very, it feels very synthesized in a way. Like, yeah. let's take this character and visit every table. It's eh, eh, <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I also feel for the, for the person behind the mask. And it, yeah, it does feel, I don't know. I will say that the only place where I think character dining makes sense, and there's a very particular reason as to why, is the Alani Resort in Hawaii. So they do they do a character brunch. I think it's a brunch or it's a breakfast. It's always like a brunch or a breakfast too, which which bothers me as well. But anyway, um, that that's the only place I think it would be worth it because you're not getting that like deep dive into Disney like you would be at one of the theme parks, right? So like, if you're there with the kids and you're at an Alani Resort and your kids really love the cartoons and the characters, like they bring the Fab Five out. Uh, to say hi to your family that's really cool but when you're already in it (laughs) and you're you have the ability to see the characters even just as you walk by and you're just going to be like characters in your face all day um i don't i think alani is like the the only exception and it's like barely an exception uh, to pay for character dining so i did character dining i think most recently uh in animal kingdom and I was just too focused on eating and enjoying the food that they have there because it's incredible that like when Safari Goofy came by, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> what restaurant were you at when you did that, by the way? And was it a buffet? Because for some reason, they all seem to be buffets, at least here. I might be confusing the memories because I know that we went to Boma and we went to... Jumbo House, Jumbo House. Okay, I yeah. can't remember which one had the character dining in it, but uh, I think they were both, um, both of them were buffet style. Well, I know at Jumbo House they do something different where they have like musicians going around and they that's play, right. They that's play right. music yeah. at your table, so maybe that's mm-hmm. what you're thinking of, right? But yep. I don't know yeah. why I know that because I've never done it. But <laughs> <laughs> those musicians were were pretty cool, actually. It was like a guy with a guitar and then two guys carrying drums around, and they they sort of did more like a, a little parade. It wasn't like a mariachi band that comes tableside and waits for a tip. Like they're just kind of like making rounds and kind of like not stopping. They're just kind of moving slowly. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather pay for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was really nice. Like and the food, the food was outstandingly good. One of my favorite things that is related to dining and having entertainment um, here at Disneyland, I don't know if your guys' Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar has live music, but we have some amazing um, Hawaiian singers that come and play at ours. That's right. And like, yeah. I, think, I think we've gone, right? Didn't we go like New Year's Day a few years ago or something? Well, we, we have gone a, f- a few times. I think the last time that we hung out at disney perhaps but the last time we hung out before i moved period uh was at trader sam's really okay yeah, yeah we well, there like you go. went to trader sam's got some got some little uh, light bites and then walked over to um 
to the Disneyland Hotel and just kind of like, you know. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, we just kind of yeah. hung around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think Trader Sam's, like, I would I would pay extra. Like, if they were like, listen, we got to upcharge you a dollar for everything you order, but it's to cover these musicians. Like, I, I will happily pay for that because mm-hmm. I love the music that they play specifically at Trader Sam's. So Trader Sam's in Florida, um, I, I haven't seen any live music. I, I think it's more because of the sort of setup, but I haven't seen any live Hawaiian musicians there. Although at uh, the Polynesian, they do have musicians around there all the time that are extremely talented. I think what's really like, we're getting a little bit off topic here, but I'd like to finish this thought since it's in my head. Um, the, the last time I went to um, Trader Sam's with somebody, um, the friend that I went with, like he has a house in Hawaii and he has a house here. And so he's like very like into the Hawaiian culture and like the music. And I remember we pulled up to Trader Sam's and the two guys are playing the guitar and the ukulele. And he looks over and he goes, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what? He's like, that guy's famous in Hawaii. Like, he is crazy famous. Like, if he were in Hawaii, he'd be swarmed with, like, 300 people right now. So that gives you, like, an idea of, like, the the quality of entertainment and music you get, um, like, at Disney. I hope that never goes away, you know. I know this pandemic makes hurt a little bit, but, like, if I'm dining, I want music. We should have an entire episode based on music in the parks and live entertainment. Like, that is not, like, you know not a show or parade, but I mean like music. Cause I think that's something that because of the pandemic has slowly, we are seeing it go away and I think it's a real shame. Um, Yeah. But anyway, cool. All right. Well, character dining, that was mine. Overrated character dining. Don't do it. (laughs) So my, my overrated item is found in every Disney park it is an absolute travesty and it is the disney branded and star wars branded fashion items yes they are so terrible like no one would wear so many of these items i i honestly can't tell you who buys them i'll tell you who literally tourists yeah people who don't get that type of merchandise anywhere else where they live like it blows my mind. You you like you be exit Star Tours, and it's full of that. There, it's like weird, fringy things, or like uh, Marissa will talk all the. My fiance will talk all the time about how a shirt is fine, except it's cut in such a like abnormal way, or like they'll put things that should be on the front, on the back, and on the back, but on the front, or it'll be just like weirdly designed where like the you know the print should be maybe centered but it's like totally off centered i mean for star wars merchandise i think target has better stuff better designs not just better selection but better designs than disney does okay so when i think of like kind of like tacky horrible star wars disneyland merch there's one thing that comes to mind and um, please, if you own one of these, I'm really sorry, but I think it's terrible. Is the mint green spirit jersey with the child? With the child? Like, but like, <laughs> not like. <laughs> yes. It would be different if it was like 
cute, but they like stretched the face and the ears to fit across yep. the spirit jersey, and like it is. And the on the worst. back, it just says the Mandalorian. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you own one. It's vi- <laughs> it's sorry. so like s- strange and awkward to be like the child, the Mandalorian. Dude, Bold I, print. I, end of story. I see people walking around the park, and I'm like. Spirit jerseys are like 70 bucks. Yeah. I can, I'd rather go to character dining. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then get run over by the red car trolley. Literally. Then wear one. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yes, exactly. Please don't um, leave if you own one of those. Um, Everybody, you do you. Now, this does not. (laughs) Uh, account for like the bootleg disney merchandise where it's like um you know a mickey hand pointing one way and a mini hand pointing the other way i'm his i'm hers uh that has its own level of cringe and i think it is uh fairly judged i think that if you wear that you know why you're wearing it and what you're wearing it for um i'm saying that the disney and star wars stuff is overrated it gets way more credit than it deserves because it is a pile of hot garbage our last episode, we talked about the new Star Wars store that's opening and down that's currently open at Downtown yeah, Disney. Yeah. And so, I don't know if you heard, but they've started coming out with a new line of products that are like supposed to be worn every day. So okay. I think I think Disney knows. I think they know yeah. that like their Star Wars Disney merchandise is like pretty awful, <laughs> and that no one in their right mind would actually wear that outside of the parks. So, right. in fact, there's one sweatshirt that I think is kind of cool. It's got, like, yellow string with, like, I think it has Orbesh, um on the strings. But it's not that bad. But, I mean, some of the other stuff, like what we just mentioned, is, like, is rough. <laughs> and we like Star Wars. Like, this has nothing yeah. to do with Star Wars. Like, we love Star Wars. Yes. Like, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a good one. That's a really good one. Well, let's go to another underrated item. Drew, did you have any underrated that's not Disney related? I did not. Did you? Do you have one? Uh, I do. I, I have um, I have two, and and they're both universal, so it's not like it's not like that obscure or anything. But um, two universal attractions that I guess I'll just kind of compile into one that I think that both of these rides deserve more recognition and a little more attention. Cool. Let's um, do it. And, and one we've already talked about, which is Poseidon's Fury at Islands of Adventure. It's a really incredible story-driven walkthrough with a live actor. Now, this actor isn't necessarily driving a vehicle to our earlier point, but they are corralling a group of, of you know, tourists around in, to multiple rooms and then interacting with a show that culminates with, like, fire and water effects, a grand musical, like, huge uh, ending and all these cool projection effects. And you get to walk through this giant tunnel of water, which is just so freaking cool. It's it's outstanding. When we talked about it last time in our last episode, I hadn't actually, like I remember the water tunnel, but I don't remember any of the rest of the attraction. So obviously what I did was after our video, I had to go check it out to get better context as to your pitch. And that thing's amazing. Like, I had to rewatch the ending a couple of times to understand, because obviously it's just some guy holding a camera. It was kind of hard to get yeah. an idea of what's happening in the room. But that's insane. 
Like it really is. It is really, really impressive, and I could totally see how if you were to put that show into the right IP, it could be spectacular. Absolutely. I mean, just just the facade alone is like worth standing and staring at for five minutes. Just like it's amazing. And people walk right by it because that's the thing in between the entrance of Islands of Adventure and, you know, all the Harry Potter stuff. So <laughs> you just kind of like cruise right past it. And like, so that kind of, rem- that kind of like takes us back to our conversation about Jungle Cruise, right? So obviously Poseidon's Fury, you're being led by an actor. Like that's not just like a team member at Universal Studios. Like clearly that's a actor slash like stunt person, I think, right? Like, yeah, they got to be in shape. They... It, it's not like a stunt performer in like the Terminator show back in the day right, or like right. the born stuntacular now, but yeah, you can't just be some slouch and memorize some lines and do that job. It's not easy. So I, I can't help but think that like, if we had performers and like actors for jungle cruise, like it could be as good as that attraction. And if Definitely. that attraction had a really good IP, like, I mean, that would be a home run. Totally. It would. It would. And you do get to see the backside of water in it. And they don't even reference it. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's good. <laughs> that's why it's good. That's what that's what puts it over the edge. Uh, the other one that I'll just mention uh, briefly, and it's, it's more out of like a technical reverence that I have compared to a ride that I think gets more attention, is Men in Black. Uh, the Men in Black ride in Universal Studios is very similar to to um, Buzz Lightyear in, uh, in Disneyland. But you do get, a, a, and I am now putting this together, but you get an actor who sort of takes you through a pre-show before putting you into the ride vehicle. And it's like themed so cool to like that men in black style of like, you know, oh, the world is, is just peaceful and there's nothing out there. There's nothing to worry about. And then suddenly like everything shifts and it's like, all right, recruits, get into the thing, go to the place. You're in the da, 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 training program, this, and and Will Smith is here. and da, da. Like, it's just like this mad dash, furious, sudden shift. And it's so cool. It really does reflect like the style of the movie. Pre-shows are pre-shows though. Once you get into the ride itself, um, you know, one of the big things that changes between say a Space Ranger spin and Men in Black is anywhere that you hit on an alien is fair game. And some of the aliens take more shots than others to get that you like your points for. So I think just from like a just from like a gamification perspective, I think that it offers a lot more and its finale is a lot more of a big deal instead of having all the vehicles lock in front of Zerg. Like you sort of are backed into this thing and then spin around and you see this enormous 50 foot alien that you drive right into the mouth of. And then you get inside and then you are spun like like fairly aggressively spun around several times in your vehicle. And then that's the outro of the ride. Wow. Okay. So it's not an, I've never been on it. So it's, it's not an Omnimover. It's like an actual ride vehicle. No, it's not an Omnimover. Yeah. So it's a, it's a ride vehicle and then it has its like 360 degree free spinning. Um, well, I, I should say not controlled by the passengers. It's controlled within an aspect of the ride, but it will spin on its own. That's that's really cool. I wonder why they haven't kind of capitalized more on that. On that. This movie. just occurred to me, Drew. Yeah. One aspect, 
one aspect, I can't believe that I missed this now. Wow, in hindsight. Okay, so in your Wally attraction, in which you can punish the person who has the lesser score with like a little like a little punishment. So there's an aspect of Men in Black, a shooter ride with a point system where there are opposing vehicles that face one another and whoever shoots the opposing vehicle more punishes that losing vehicle and it spins out of control. Whereas the one that wins is in control so you can have easier shots at the rest of your targets and increase your score. Oh, so that's in the ride now. That's in the ride. Oh, see, yeah, that's cool. Like that. That yeah. I like that competition type of like interaction between. Mm-hmm. I like a, a perfect. Another perfect example as to why that would be epic is Radiator Springs Racers, right? Like you are racing a completely different car with people you don't know, <laughs> right? So when you win, it's like it feels like a real win. So that's really cool that Men in Black does that. I, and like. I love those movies. Like I rewatched them during quarantine and I was like, wow, these are really good. And they really stood the test of time too. Like they don't feel old. I don't know if it's because of like the cinematography or, or just the subject, but I think it's really clever. And like, I would love to see like if they ever did like an updated Simpsons ride, which is really just an updated back to the future ride. I would love to put like you hop into the men in black you know, I think it's a Crown Vic. That would be a much better utilization right? of, yeah, of that whole entire tech. Yeah. And then, like, the car transforms like it does in the movie. And then I would love for it mm-hmm. to be, like, put on a KUKA robot that goes upside down for, like, the tunnel scene. Like, that'd be so cool. That'd, that'd be, be ins- yeah. That'd be epic. Absolutely. So, that'd be insane. That is my, uh, I mean, is two attractions in Universal out here. Um, but those two, I think, deserve more love. One walkthrough and one regular regular old ride. Well, it's really interesting that you have two underrated attractions from Universal because mm-hmm. I have two overrated attractions for Universal. <laughs> so They don't have a lot of screens, do they? <laughs> hmm. One of them is basically all screens. Um, okay, so the first one, I'll do both because you did, you did two Bring underrated. Yep. Let's balance it out a little yep. bit. So too overrated my first one and i literally like don't think anyone will disagree um i don't even know the full name of it what is it fast and the furious um what's the ridiculous name (laughs) family i don't know (laughs) i really don't know i don't know (laughs) they literally should have just named it fast and the furious vin diesel says family 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 yes uh yes so the the carbon copy of the uh, tram tour ending. Yeah, but regardless of what coast you're on, it's terrible. I think it's totally overrated. They push it so hard when you're in the lines and at the parks. Like it's like Vin Diesel hanging off of a helicopter sled, like Captain America. Yeah. Like I, it's just totally. I mean, ridiculous. let's pause at the helicopter. Okay. Let's pause at the helicopter yes. because the helicopter and Vin Diesel are the same height do you understand why that's a problem well well the thing is the helicopters are it's not even like it gets even more ridiculous the explanation is it's a drone yeah it's a six foot drone that he's hanging off okay sure (laughs) i just think like it's such a shame 
that is a cash grab. Like, let's be real. Like, it's a cash grab, and it was like it was a ride that they saw a lot of um, success because of the King Kong in 3D. Um, however, that's fantastic. So, like, I, the way I like to put it is. Fast and the Furious. I I'm so upset that I'm forgetting the name because the name is so terrible. I don't. I think it's like Full Throttle or something. It's it's that bad. I think it's Full Throttle. I think you're right. It's it's literally. We like... don't research before. <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but the Fast and the Furious. Uh, it, the whole time you're on that ride, it feels like you are in like the, the the menu for San Francisco rush at the arcade before you put the tokens in. Like (laughs) that's how bad it is. And like, keep in mind, Aaron and I are like, we are car people. Yeah. You and I met literally at a car meet. That's right. What fast and the furious one. We're not street racers by the way, but what fast and the furious one is completely based on where those characters came from mm-hmm. is how we met. Yeah. And like, we are car people. We understand that world. And it just, it hurts me so much that they got this franchise so wrong. I mean, I'll go a layer beyond that. Uh, we're both car people and we enjoy the movies. Like they're fun, right. like cornball though they may be. They're like fun action movies they're like a nice way to just shut your brain off for 90 minutes and listen to the rock talk about like dumb crap and and vin diesel muttering about coronas and family and some weird like you know someone's got to die but then they're going to come back in three more movies and be totally fine or have no like some crazy like it's just like a car guy version of a soap opera that's exactly what i was going to say Yes. And I wouldn't change anything about the film franchise at all. It's perfect as is. But they only deliver on half of the promise of Fast and Furious as a ride because everyone leaves furious. <laughs> but you do not go fast. You don't. You do not go... like like, And it misses the essence of the movies. It misses the essence of car culture. And you don't have any of the excitement of racing. They put cars in the queue that look like what non-car people imagine sports cars to look like. Yeah. They're not actually like, or they'll put like cars that look like they're tough. You know, they'll put like tank parts on the side of an F-250 and be like, this thing is bulletproof. And like, well, what's going on? What? Or um, what, <laughs> inside of the ride, they have all these, um, the tow trucks yes. that like hook on to your ride vehicle. And like, that's the whole mechanic of the story is that you're able to go fast because you're being towed by these like turbocharged tow trucks. They're like semi trucks kind of, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like not even from the movies at all. Like none of it is from no. the movies. No, not, not anything. So yeah, it's rough. And like, I hate to say it, but like if we were to, do the east first west uh like we did last episode mm-hmm. uh florida is worse and the Florida's only worse. reason is because at least the one in la you get to see iconic things like you know the back to the future bell tower and like you get to see other things versus like 
Florida, you're just waiting in line to go on that. And it's, it's not worth it. I mean, typically the wait is longer for just Fast and Furious in Florida than the entire wait for the full tram tour experience in Hollywood. On, like, yeah. you get to drive by the Psycho House. You get to go by, like, you know, one Bates of the oldest. Motel, all those yeah, stuff, the, yeah. And, I mean, you have odds. I mean, probably not right now, but you have odds of seeing a movie. So I drove by Adam Sandler when I was in one of those tram tours one time. Yeah, like the War of the World scene. You get to see a 747 that's been dismantled to look like it crashed in a neighborhood. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, like, I would say I get more joy out of looking at the hero cars um, that are in the queue of the Florida uh uh, like the queue of the well, Florida version, then the actual. Show. You get to drive. You get to drive by all the hero cars in um, in that row. It's true. Right before King Kong in the Hollywood Tram Tour, you get to see some of like the Too Fast, Too Furious, like the you know all those like riced out things. Like it's so cool. You just get to like see. Oh wow, that's neat. That's really cool. Yeah. You get to appreciate them, and that's where it should end. Just right there. Right. Yeah. Done. It's true. It's true. And uh, speaking of uh, those movie cars. One of my favorite movie cars in that row that I personally want to own one day, and Aaron, I know you do too, because we've done very extensive research. On, oh, I think I know where you're going. On how to get one. Oh, yes. Jurassic Park Jeep. That's right, yes. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because of my second overrated attraction. And I know okay. this one might hurt you a little bit. But Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Not Jurassic Park. Not Jurassic. Mm-hmm. Not Jurassic River Journey. I'm saying mm-hmm. Jurassic World. Yep, I think I'm with you. that attraction is actually worse than the stripped down, the already stripped down version that it was previously, with half the effects working. Yeah. Well, and, and when we're talking overrated, it's a matter of, like, expectations versus execution. Yeah. Marissa and I rode that, geez, I mean, it was it was still kind of technically in rehearsal phase, but they were opening it sometimes. And so, like, we got in line, we waited for a couple hours, and then they said, we're shutting it down for a while. So we sat on the, the ground in the queue for 45 minutes, and then they said, that's ah, back up. And then we waited for a little while longer and got to ride the thing. You get that sort of screen effect in the beginning with the Mosasaurus. You get splashed. It's cool. The screens are very high fidelity. It works because before it wasn't much of anything. So, okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And then the rest of it is like, where where did all this time and effort go? Yeah. And I remember it, like you and I were so excited. Like we, I used to text you like every other day. With yeah. like an update because there was this one guy that was covering like all the construction and we were so excited. I did not think it would turn out the way it turned out. And maybe that's why I think it's overrated because it's a little bit of a disappointment to me. But I just don't think it hits where it needed to. Um, I actually think that they took away more than they gave. I agree. Yeah. And like they they are saying that the that the ending scene isn't done yet um, and that we should expect a fight between the Indominus Rex and the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. But if that's the case, 
they shouldn't have reopened the ride. Um, from most of the videos that I watched, half of the time, something didn't work. Either the videos didn't line up, the sound didn't line up, the lighting didn't line up, um, Blue's arms or mouth didn't work, or the Indominus Rex had a tear in its mm-hmm. prosthetic skin. It's just, it just totally missed the mark for me. And I, I think it's a real shame because I, I think if they had just given the original attraction a new splash of paint really put in you know and invested in the animatronics and making them work better um i don't think anyone would have been upset yeah i agree there was nothing there was nothing wrong with the design of the original it has just aged yeah so yeah anyway that one hurts i know that hurts for a lot of people because we waited a long time um, but I, I had to I had to do, put that on my overrated list. I just think unless they shut it down for another six months, <laughs> you know, and and then truly Which, who knows what it. they've been doing. Yeah, that's, who knows what they've been doing? In that's there. very yeah. true. And actually, I watched a video the other day of a company that made I think the original T Rex. They were working on another T Rex, um, but they didn't put the skin on it, and it walked hmm. forward and. Did did a movement which made me think it was for universal so interesting i wouldn't be surprised if it's done by the next time we go but that would be pretty cool until then spectacular until then yeah overrated until then what we wait for is velocicoaster which seems like it's going to be a home run yeah yeah i i will say florida having space man you get all those epic roller coasters you like what is it? Uh, Manta at SeaWorld in Florida is like the yep. tallest roller coaster ever, mm-hmm. right? Ever built? Uh, I think it's the tallest in um, in Florida, in the U.S. Oh, in the U.S. Okay, yeah. I think it's the tallest in the U.S. It's not the fastest or like the steepest or anything. I think it might be the tallest. Um, but yeah, uh, there's definitely some. I just think it's insane that the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, and Velocicoaster are in the same park. Like not just. You know, you've got um, like a cool ride at Universal and then you've got the cool ride at Islands of Adventure so that people are compelled to buy a two park ticket. It's like, no, this is two epic, crazy, like groundbreaking coasters next door to each other, like neighboring each other. Well, I'm excited for that because it looks I think as of right now, it's going through testing finally with people, which is like Mm -hmm. I feel like at the beginning of this uh, this quarantine, I mean, like all we had was like little concrete you know foundations in the ground and it's yeah. amazing how fast that roller coaster went up i mean like yeah it took them a couple weeks to decorate that rock formation in the middle which looks great um i'm excited for the maneuvers it looks like it's going to give us a lot of maneuvers in a roller coaster that we haven't gotten yet so i'm excited to it's ride true it. it it sort of feels like it's been um you know, there's been this like steady progression of of rides that Universal's been putting out, and it sort of all felt like a culmination with Hagrid's, where they were able to deliver on a really fun roller coaster that was able to tell a story. And I think they're just kind of taking that and saying, okay, we can now tell the story. We now have the control over the story. Now we're going to give you all of these crazy aerobat, you know, like aerobatic moves that haven't been executed on their own and we're still going to throw story elements at you as well and i think that people are 
I mean, I, I can't wait to try that thing out. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that they just took down the construction walls like a couple days ago. So um, the merch is in the shops. Really? You can buy Velocicoaster. T- yeah. You can buy a Velocicoaster t-shirt right now. That's going to be exciting. I think, I think Universal is really stepping it up with their storytelling when it comes to roller mm-hmm. coasters. Like I cannot wait to go on Hagrid's for the first time. Like I'm just so excited. And I think, and I, I think Disney should really watch their back. Like they really got to step it up. Um, so we'll I see. think, I think that because Universal drove so hard into the screen-based attractions and people fought so hard against it that they figured it out. They're like, okay, we understand how people want to be told stories now. Right, and also they're kind of. I think they're also realizing that they're filling a gap, right? Like, and what I mean by that is like when you go to Disneyland, when you go to California Adventure, there's one roller coaster. Technically, too, if you count Goofy Sky School, but there's only one real roller coaster, <laughs> and it only has one little inversion. And so I yeah. think Universal's going, okay, well, what can we do differently that Disney doesn't do? Oh, we can give attractions that have way more thrill. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm interested now to see how, I think our next East versus West should be with Universal rides, and we can see eventually later on in the future how disney and universal thrill you know equals yeah how those compare yeah yeah that'll be interesting all right so that was some overrated talk uh do you have any more underrated um yes so i have one interesting underrated that i don't think anyone realizes how cool it is but as i have been stuck at home with a theme park 20 miles away that has been closed for almost a year, I have n- <laughs> I have been forced to watch a lot of vloggers in Florida. And one thing that I noticed about the vloggers in Florida is that they park and then they walk for 40 minutes or 20 minutes or they have to take the Skyliner or they have to take a bus or a ferry, right? So my underrated thing is the entrance to Disney California Adventure through the Grand Californian Hotel. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think it That's is one call. of like the most underrated cool things that would never ever happen in Florida. Like That's true. The closest yeah. thing I think that you're going to get to that will be the Galactic Star Cruiser, but even then you're going to have to hop onto a transport vehicle of some sort to be shuttled over to Galaxy's Edge, but like at Grand Californian, uh, at the Grand Californian, you can literally get out of the lobby, you make a right turn, and you're in the park. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah, they have them. Um, that that sort of synergy does exist in some of the other uh, other countries' parks, and I just think it's incredible. Yeah, Tokyo. But Tokyo is one of yeah, those, right? Is that the one? Paris you were thinking is the same of? thing. Yeah, Paris is the same thing. Yeah, but um, you're absolutely right. The ability to get out of your hotel room and not walk outdoors until you're in the theme park. And not only that, but it spits you out into Grizzly Peak, which is like so immersive and so beautiful. And it matches the aesthetic of the hotel. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's like, man, that's that's a home run. I mean, that's what Star Cruiser is trying to do. And it did it on what? how many decades ago? Two decades ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, 25 years ago, right? They just celebrated yeah. their 25th uh, That's right. anniversary. So, 
I mean, if you want a hotel that has quick entry to the park and also has a monorail going through it, which is apparently a big mm-hmm. thing in Florida. <laughs> that's true. Grand yeah. Californian does that. <laughs> it's yeah. got both of those ticked. So anyway, that's yeah. kind of my obscure underrated, but um, I think it's really noteworthy. I think I think most people don't realize how big of a deal that is in Disney parks. Well, I've got a, a, an underrated. It's not obscure, but I think it's often overlooked. And um, Marissa and I have started collecting these in particular. Oh. But um, what's nice is they are free. And um, so rather than letting these fill up trash cans, park maps are so underutilized. Yeah, you're right. And, and I didn't fully appreciate that because I had gone to Disney as a kid, learned the lay of the land when my mom or dad would pull out the map and say, we're going this way. I learned the, the territory, then go as a pass holder and walk around and find my way. And then you just sort of learn the geography. Uh, then coming out here and having now, instead of two home parks, having four Disney home parks and two Universal parks, you know, not not a half hour away. You go from two parks to six parks that you're not familiar with, or even worse, that you think you know your way around because things look similar. Right. Like it should be this way, right? No, it's that way. And yeah, those park maps become very critical in making sure that you can find your way around. Yeah. But that's not the main thing. Is It's about finding all these nooks and crannies. It's about knowing about Turtle Talk. It's about knowing about obscure shows and not just where they happen, but when they happen. Yeah. I'd say probably no place more so than Epcot is the map. So, so, so important. And people just sort of, you know, don't worry about them. And the best part is, like, you can get them on your phone now. Like, the, the app uh, experience on the map is is perfect. And with the planning aspects of Disney World in particular, there's no reason not to utilize that map to its fullest. Yeah, that's that's, like really interesting right because like as we get further and further i mean like i explained it to someone the other day it's like you have to like go to a class in order to understand how to use like the disneyland or disney world app to its fullest Mm -hmm. advantage right like you have to truly do research and be an expert like but if you have a map like maps are totally underrated they tell you an entire list of attractions like within a land they're color coded they're easy to read and they're totally collectible and they're free and i i truly think that like they're gonna go away as we Mm -hmm, start to see the parks go you know more green and go more on your phone Mm -hmm. um i think they're gonna go away and that's gonna be a sad day when when park maps are no longer available so collect i think it's inevitable i think so too i think our most prized map so weird to say, but uh, is they gave out a special map for um, the 90s night that they had at Disneyland. Oh, and, cool. And that was pretty neat. It was all like all like the uh, Disney afternoon characters, all 90s out. And it shows where all the um, all the characters were going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, my I think this is a good question but like do any of you guys have a treasured map like a map that you will not throw away like mine is mine is really weird and it's like in my filing cabinet that i'm looking at over there um but it's literally the disney california adventure map that i got when i went with my dad two weeks before 
the park officially open to the public. So I have a set of pins um, wow. that are for the opening of Grand California, or, sorry, uh, of California Adventure. Um, and they gave you a park map and they gave you like the ticket with like the, the Grizzly Peak bear uh, mm-hmm. on it. And so for me, that's like the one I won't throw away. So even though that's probably like, you, I'm sure you can find them on eBay and they're probably worth substantially less, but like, do you have a map that like is so like that you're so like fond of because of the memories of that day that you won't throw it away? Right. Like that's an interesting question. We'd li- I'd like to see everyone's like, is there a way for them to post photos? Maybe post a photo of your favorite map and tag us on Instagram um, yeah. and I'll, I'll re I'll repost them on, onto our story, but I would love to see all the different maps that you guys have kept. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. At theme park sandbox tag us. Awesome. That was a really good one, Aaron. Um, let's see. So I have one more overrated experience in the park. And, uh, this one is in magic kingdom. Uh, thankfully drew it's no longer anywhere in california and this is the country bear jamboree i cannot fully describe my frustrations with the country bear jamboree (laughs) uh the fact that it still exists in such a prime real estate area of magic kingdom that it takes up the amount of space that it takes up with subpar animatronics terrible musical execution and really like out of taste humor sensibilities like i just i i cannot figure out who that's for like it's not for kids and it's definitely not like memefied to the point where it's like for adults in like a nudge nudge wink wink way like look at how uh, it, it just sort of feels like if you found um if you found a Chuck E. Cheese that was stuck in 1997 and you visited it today, that's what it feels like. And for some god-awful reason, that thing is rip-roaring every single day. It just keeps on pumping out the jams. And people keep going. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I understand why it's in Florida. Because in Florida, the capacity is so much higher than it is here in California. And I honestly think that Country Bear Jamboree just puts butts in seats indoors. Yeah. Straight up. I think that it's just a symptom of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. You could put such a cooler show in that area. I mean, give me some kind of like awesome Western show. Make it like, you know, the the Hoop-dee-doo review honestly deserves that spot it doesn't deserve to be at like an off-site disney resort it deserves to be there yeah the country bear jamboree deserves to be somewhere in the atlantic ocean (laughs) very deep down oh i yeah i i think you're from california we are very picky about our attractions here in california um a lot of people felt the opposite when our country bear jamboree was removed for Winnie the Pooh here. For Winnie, yeah. But I am not sad about it. 
watching Complete it. bear upgrade. Complete bear <laughs> upgrade. Yes. Yeah. Way better bear. Without a joke. Way a joke. better bear. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that it gave us, in our Critter Country area, it gave us the Hungry Bear restaurant, which I really do like. Yes. Um, which does still fit in the theme of Country Bear Jamboree. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's just aged really poorly. If they were to update it, would it increase, you know, attendance? I doubt it. I still think it's a little too long. The yeah. fact that you can hear the animatronics eyes clicking when they blink. Um, the audio is so poorly recorded and old that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really understand what they're saying. Um, and like, not to mention that Florida has such an international audience that like most of the references that that show makes wouldn't make sense to most people in America, let alone people from other countries. Yeah, I I mean, the whole bit of like blood on the saddle and the guy that's like inept and so he keeps interrupting the rest of the show, like it doesn't come off as like this silly bit that I think it's supposed to. It just comes off as like, I don't know, a poorly executed show. Like I hate hate to say it, but the perfect place for all of that, that whole show to be is Dollywood straight up. Yeah. Like yeah. it would actually fit better in Dollywood and the audience that goes to Dollywood would probably enjoy it more. Although I think they'd probably complain because as country music goes, that's like, true. It's fine. But like, I, I mean, if you're a fan of Dolly Parton, you're a fan of high caliber country music. That's true. I don't even think it delivers on that promise. Yeah. It's it. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, so I, <laughs> I hope we didn't hurt anyone's feelings. Bring, bring Hoopty Doo. Well, and and I mean the real tragedy here is the Hoopty Doo review was the longest running yeah. dinner theater show, and that got canned, and because the country bears don't take a salary, don't let the movie version fool you. Uh, yeah, can we actually talk about the fact that IP pile of trash has its own movie? I didn't even know that. Does it really? <sighs> Oh, yeah. Remember when, like, pirates worked? And so they're like, well, that means that we can make a ride movie on any yeah. movie. And they're like, well, Haunted Mansion's a gimme. And then they're like, Country Bear. That's such a beloved franchise that everyone loves ubiquitously. Let's do that. So, yeah. Um, then they just started making more pirates movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now they're slowly changing the rides back. <laughs> yep, yep. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe we... Oh. All right, so I'm going to tell you my last... I'm just going to do one more overrated. And okay. I'm not going to go into it because it's a bit of a rabbit hole. I'm just going to tell you what it is. And I think everyone should agree with me. Um, you know, don't chew me out in the comments if you don't agree. But... Uh, Toontown. That's all I'm going to say. Just Toontown. It's overrated. And it's old. And it needs to be torn down. And I don't think Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway... It's not going to fix it. It's not going to fix the problem. No. And quite honestly, it's going to shove them further into a corner than than they think. Um, Yeah. So, if anything, like if Mickey and Minnie's is really awesome, it's going to make the le- the rest of the land look really bad. Yeah. It's going to be so much more obvious how dated and how out of touch all of the rest of it 
looks by contrast. And that's if Mickey and Minnie's is excellent. If Mickey and Minnie's fits in, I feel terrible because the experience in Florida is spectacular. You get to go through the Chinese theater. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I will say, so let's talk about this then. I have another kind of interesting conversation that we should go into a little bit deeper next time. But okay. um, the duplication of rides in yeah. multiple parks within the same country, I think they got to stop doing that. I much, I would have rather had gone to a different planet in the Star Wars galaxy in Florida where yep. the climate matches maybe something more rainforesty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus Batuu fits perfectly in California. So um, same thing with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I think going through the theater and breaking through the screen makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I would have rather have had a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway ride vehicle here, but with something like a Zootopia overlay, um, considering sure. yeah. that the show or the not the showroom the uh the show building sequences can change digitally i think mm-hmm. why why make the same attraction twice when essentially what you've made is a simulator ride but just yeah with the whole building um i mean there's all all of that ride is um well i mean such a huge portion of it is digital assets it's right like you're you're the walt disney company you have digital assets at your disposal. Like there are so many other places I'd rather go. Like Zootopia, San Francisco. If they that did, would be insane, right? Like I, I've always oh, said, yeah. like <laughs> if anyone asks me, like, "Hey Drew, if you can go to one place, where would that be?" Be like, "Can it be fictional?" They're like, "Sure." I'd go to San Francisco <laughs> straight up. Yeah. I would live in San Francisco. Like I yeah. think that would be a really great IP to to drop that ride mechanism into as well. So. It's a little disappointing, and I don't, I, I don't think it's gonna fix Toontown. So to me, Toontown, like the whole Toontown, I do like Roger Rabbit, but even that is not technically owned by Disney, so I'm not gonna count it. Uh, all Toontown's overrated. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Com- <laughs> completely agree. Yep. But yeah, mine was the Grand California Park. Oh, do you have any? Do you, should we do a couple more? What do you think? Uh, well, I have one last underrated. Uh, and, and we don't have to go into it in much depth. Not that it has to be every single ride, but I think that edutainment rides are underrated. I think that the value that they can bring and the balance of allowing people to learn things in a really compelling, interesting way, I think that that's a balance that is hard to strike and that Disney does a pretty masterful job of. And there are other parks that do it as well. It tends to be on a you know conservation... Um, level or something similar to that but teach me something else you know not everything about space has to be uh star wars or rocket travel it can be something more i mean just spitballing here imagine a neil degrasse tyson ride experience that is about the pacing and thrill of living with the land yeah how cool would that be? You I get agree. to learn a lot. I mean, he he has a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, where in about 90 or 100 pages, he explains the entire history of the universe. I think he could do that in a pretty cool, compelling way on a ride as well. I would love to hear his voice do it as well. His voice would be perfect for it. <laughs> like Absolutely perfect. I, I would agree. And I don't... I'm trying to think of any edutainment rides that are... 
at Disneyland or at Universal Studios. The only one I can kind of think of would be um, going through the Grand Canyon in the railroad and then going back in time to the time of the dinosaurs would be some sort of edutainment. Um, But I think Disney World, I think you're right. Disney World nails it. And yeah, they do a good job. Living with the land is just like, I remember going on that ride thinking like, it's hot. I just want to go on a water ride. This one's short. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. And I was like blown away at how good it was. It's a little aged in some areas, but like that can be updated pretty easily. And I think there's a reason why my pitch for Tomorrowland and having the having such a strong feeling of conservation and like protecting our planet is mm-hmm. is so valuable and it and it fits even with Wally, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, I I think that it's a difficult balance to strike and and it's something that should be sought after at least kind of like once per park i'm not saying that you need to replace you know guardians of the galaxy with a drop tower that explains gravity what i am saying is like just putting one little element to some some something in there that is relevant to the idea that surrounds either the park or the land um and that kind of can tell a story and be cool and compelling and also be that spot to cool off on a hot day and relax and take like a, a little bit of a, you know, a different turn from your high thrill experiences or like more emotional shows and other things like that. I think you could also argue that that's what Walt Disney did in the beginning. Like a lot of his ideas were based on edutainment. Epcot alone, mm-hmm. the experimental yeah. prototype community of tomorrow the fact that he added in those videos before your regularly scheduled programming is a form of edutainment. Um, it, even if it's trickled in a little bit, I think it's really important. So I, I agree with you. I think edutainment's really, really cool. And I'd like to see it more in parks for sure. Speaking of, speaking of edutainment, I don't want to go too far into this subject, but um, can we talk about Joe Rohde joining Joining Virgin Galactic. Yes, Virgin Galactic. Like, I cannot wait to see what essentially unlimited money and unlimited imagination become. Um, yeah. I think Joe Rohde is is definitely um, noteworthy if we're talking about edutainment and true immersion. Um, I cannot let's, wait to let's see. Back up a, let's just back up a step and say... Joe Rohde, what is Joe Rohde responsible for in the Disney parks? Animal Kingdom. Like, the theming to 11, Animal Kingdom. Um, Just look at Expedition Everest. Just look at, you know, just walking around and looking at the utter and complete immersion that you have. And then look at what happens with, I mean, talking edutainment, the whole uh, conservation station, you hop on a train and you get to see the um, like the ecological right. aspects of Animal Kingdom that are completely like back of house stuff that they're very proud of and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, now there's a whole Disney Plus show all about it and it, it's 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 incredible. a good show. That man getting to work in sort of the tourization of space travel 
I, I don't even know where to put my brain as far as like, where do I start imagining what's going to happen? Yeah, I get chills thinking about it. I, I genuinely do. Aaron and I, you should also know, are huge into space and space travel. We've had opportunities to tour the SpaceX facilities where they build rockets. That's right. Yeah. Um, we, we are huge fans of, you know, of space travel in the future. And um, like, it's like our two worlds have combined. If you think about it, it really is like yeah. you and I are all about like conservation, space travel, cars, theme parks. I mean, all of that stuff combined. Joe Rody with Virgin Galactic is going to be like incredible. And I hope one day you and I get the chance to to go into low Earth orbit. I just think it would be an incredible experience. And, uh, you know, that's the greatest form of edutainment <laughs> experience. What what? I keep going to is I don't know why you would need to theme up space travel. Like, I don't know why the process of launching and then looking out the window and staring at earth, if that's not enough for you, what is? I agree. And that's his challenge is like, okay, so what is beyond looking out the window and saying, that's where all of human history up until this point has taken place. And he gets to now imagine the phase after that. That's, I mean, that's out of this world. Yeah. That's out of our realm of understanding. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he does. But yeah. Joe Rody himself is underrated. <laughs> the only thing that I'll say about that is that he did get away from Disney without fixing the Yeti. And for that, I will never forgive him. That Yeah. I'm a little, <laughs> I think Floridians... We're like, oh, good for him. He wait, what? What about the Yeti? <laughs> yeah, that's that's like your friend who owed you money, and you're like, oh man, good for you. You got that job. Wait a minute, you owed me twenty bucks. <laughs> you said you were gonna do this thing. You you said you, you told you said in front of a lot of people, a lot of people that you were gonna make good on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope I hope something happens with it. I hope he handed the torch to somebody to. To handle it. I certainly hope so. Yeah. I mean, there's an inevitable time where they'll have to do some work on Everest and they'll be able to get in there and work with that building. But yeah, it's a ginormous, heavy, complicated machine built into a building suspended. Hey, but you know. you know what? If you've been on the Frozen ride, electronic servos for animatronics is on its way up and it's pretty dang smooth. So we'll see. Who knows? By the time they decide to fix it, we might have some pretty epic moving electronic animatronics um, That's true. that weigh much less and displace way much less weight in, in space. So we'll see. But That was the problem. I mean, that is, it's funny that the problem was not actually the animatronic. The animatronic functioned perfectly. It was too forceful into the building. Right. The building was collapsing underneath the force of this perfectly crafted robot. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> epic. So epic. Well, anyway, Aaron, this was really fun. I don't know if you had a, as good of a time as I did. I think we came up with some like really, really creative, you know, underrated, overrated things that we just walk by every day um, when we're at the parks and we don't even realize how cool they are. So I'm excited to do this again um maybe we should throw like another theme on it maybe we'll cover some so. restaurants maybe next time i think that'd be kind of cool that'd be cool yeah 
this was fairly broad. We got a, you know, we got to do it with some broad strokes here. We got a little bit, you know, into the nitty gritty at times, but definitely putting a little bit more of a thematic spin on it, I think would be good. It'll ground me at least. <laughs> yeah. And we want to hear your guys. is overrated and underrated attractions as well like i said aaron and i are both from california although aaron does live in florida now don't hold it against me <laughs> <laughs> we might have different opinions than you so uh, tell us you know what your underrated overrated attractions are send us pictures of your maps uh, or tag us on your instagram posts or stories uh, our instagram is at theme park sandbox uh, pretty simple. You can also, um, you know, forward this to your friends. You know, maybe you and your friends, your closest theme park friends, actually have different opinions than you think they do, even though... I bet they do. Yeah, I bet I bet they do. Aaron and I sure did. So even though <laughs> we aligned on a lot of things, we still um, disagree with some stuff. But And don't forget to like this video if you enjoyed it. If you got all the way through it, thank you so much for watching. And subscribe to our channel if you want to see more videos like this. It really helps us to let us know that you're enjoying what we're doing. Don't forget, you can also listen to us on the go. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, we can also be found there. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thanks so much. This was really great. Uh, I had a really great time, and I'm excited Same for here. the next episode. Same here, man. Great to see you as always. Five episodes in. Love it. We did it. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys later. Bye. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. Cool. <clears throat> Ready when you are.